Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Well, what's up, Switch Leaders? My name is Caitlin Caffrey, and I am one of your Switch content creators. And with me today, I have the one, the only, our central ministry leader of Switch, Vince Parker. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, Caitlin. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me on here. I'm excited to have you. I'm also excited that it is actually raining outside right now because I feel like we have been living in a desert here in Oklahoma for the past several weeks. That That is true. Uh, at the time of this recording, I was super thankful for the rain. I don't have to spend as much money watering my lawn, which, because uh, I got to keep go. it green. I can't let it go brown. But yes, desert, like Moses, leading oh, yeah. the Israelites out of Egypt. Dude, come on. That's what it's felt like. That's probably an exaggeration. It may have been hot, but I, I, I got AC. They didn't have AC back then, but you know, close enough. That's good. Count your blessings. Something spiritual like that. Well, hey, this is one of our first episodes back after our little summer break. So, Vince, what's one really fun thing that you did this summer, or like a highlight for you? Yeah, probably one of the highlight for me was I got with my wife. We got to go visit several of our youth pastors. She went with me. Uh, we visited 11 youth pastors in 10 days, stayed in eight different hotels, which is crazy. By the third hotel, I didn't know what room or what floor I was on. So I was <laughs> very confused, very awesome. But it's cool because I got to connect with youth pastors with my wife, had dinner with their wives. And so we're looking forward to do that again uh, with some of our different youth pastors, just connecting, going there trip and visit them but that was probably the highlight definitely of the summer so far probably the year that's so cool well like i said we are this close to starting back with another series of switch and we are starting back on august 10th we get to be back with everybody in real life and i know i've really enjoyed getting to connect with some of my students during summer break, hopefully other switch leaders have had the opportunity to do some fun stuff with their groups. But something that I wanted to talk to you about on the front end of restarting another switch series, another switch semester is what does it look like to win as a switch leader? What is actually the win? I wanted to give you the opportunity as our leader to clarify what that win is and just on the front end, help us avoid some of the discouragement that I think can come from not knowing if we're crushing it or not. That's good. Man, that is a really tough question, but one that I like answering, enjoy answering, and I'll tell you why. As Christ follows, we're called to be, I hope I said this right, interdependent upon one another. Like we're called mm. to walk and do life with one another. And I believe that if you show up on a regular, consistent basis in the life of a student, I think we're called to walk things out with people in the same way that Christ is there with us. And I think sometimes we get confused when we want to control outcomes that we cannot control. When we want people mm. to do things we cannot do and we begin to take ownership of things that we shouldn't take ownership of because that's not what God called us to do. God called us to show up consistently, not only in our relationships with other people, but most importantly, consistency in our relationships with ourselves. So mm. here's some few things I would say that you can do as a switch leader that would help you when along the way you can define the way, right? And it starts before yep. you even get to switch. 
The first one is, are you consistent in your prayer time? Right? Do you it's consistently good. pray for the students in your group by name? Right? Mm. Next, are you personally in the word of God? Are you consistently reading? Whether it's a Bible reading plan that takes you to the Bible for the whole year, or maybe you're doing one week at a time plans. How are you consistently reading God's word? Next is, are you in a small group personally as a small group leader? Yes, you have students, mm. but where are the adults in your life who are helping to keep you accountable to what's going on? The next thing is, how are you consistently reaching out to the students in your small group, right? Are you texting them on a regular basis? Are you calling them to check on them outside of a Wednesday night? Now, here's a, if you do those things over time, they're going to take next steps and they're mm. going to grow. Right. Yeah. So let's say your small group for you is students who are their first time is at Life Church. Okay. And let's say you just happen to get the random group of kids, right, whose life is probably not as smooth as they would like it to be. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they're foster kids who've been passed from home to home to home, and every situation is super rough, but they're in this one home where this family loves and cares for them. And yeah. they're coming to church, but church is not their thing, but they're showing up. And maybe they're choosing to use language that you just don't appreciate and it's not, not right and you don't think it's holy offering to God. Well, to win in their life would be like, are you getting to know their story? It's good. Not, hey, are they not using bad language? Because I know people who love Jesus who spend a lot of time in their life saying things they shouldn't say. And over it takes time but to get to know on some story. So check are you continually getting to know someone's story that's mm. when if you don't know the stories of people in your small group they can obey and do everything else you want them to do but when they leave sure. there they don't know if you care about them sure. so if you get to know their story that that that's the first thing right it's good the next thing i would say is you is care for them right now what is what does care look like care looks like checking up on people it's praying for people and it's also if you have the resources the ability providing things for them that make them feel special. So like, if you know their story is, Hey, I got passed around from foster on the foster home, but there was this one lady who used to bake cookies for me. We'll bring them some cookies. You don't have to buy them a car or a house or anything like that. The next right. thing you do, maybe you can open your home to them, to the group and host, you know, you're going to have two leaders, but host a small group gathering at your house, right? There are a variety of ways that you can be winning, but it depends where your small group set. Let's say though you're on the opposite spectrum of that. This is your third year and you got ninth grade girls and man, maybe they started off a little bit rough or they all bit sweet the whole time. But hey, are you guys now maybe reading the Bible together? How are you challenging them? Mm -hmm. Maybe you're like, hey, every week let's memorize this piece of scripture together. Hey, are we serving together? Now you can't force people to do these things but no one's going to do them if you don't bring them up. That's good. Right? Like no one's going to encourage them like you will. Another thing you can do is connect with parents. Uh, you are a bridge of what's happening in the life of your student. Also to life what's happening with the parent, because you can make that connection and talk about how you're praying for them and some of the things you're struggling with that maybe they're just afraid to tell their parents. So when you ask me what does winning look like, I like to remove it from the things I can't control to the things I can control. I can't make really my students 
read the Bible, but I can be like, hey, we're going to read this plan together and we're going to ask questions about it. I can make it and say, hey, I'm praying for you specifically. Please tell me how I can pray for you. Oh, you said you had a test on September 12th. You know what? On September 11th, the night before, I'm going to let you know I'm praying for you. And I pray that you're also studying as well. Right. Come on. Hey, I can connect with the parent. I can be like, hey, I, I don't know if you know this. I'm not trying to tell your kid, but they really seem to be struggling in this area. I just want you to know I'm praying for them. I'm not trying to tell you what to do as a parent because you're the parent. But I, mm-hmm. I'm blessed to be in your child's life. And so it's about consistency. Is there this one flat rule across the board? No. Why not? Because every kid is different. Seniors are different right. than ninth graders, a kid in Omaha, Nebraska is different than a kid in Wellington, Florida. But if we're getting to know their story and we're personally consistent in our relationship with Jesus, then we can consistently show up in their lives where we can be intentional and purposeful about that. Now, one of the ways you can do that, if I were you, is I would make a checklist based on maybe how the first two weeks of the semester go and say, okay, God, at the end of the semester, this is where I like to see my small group at. Mm. And I like to say I would reverse engineer back from that. And I would appropriately do that. So in other words, let's say if you're a parent and let's say you have a one-year-old right now, somewhere between one and 18 months, kids start to walk. I, I, I'm not a professional. I don't know when my daughter's 20, but I'm just, <laughs> right? You wouldn't be like at the end of six months, I want my one 18-month-year-old driving a car. Right. Right. I mean, I could pray for that, but that's, you know, I'm all about big faith, but the Bible says have wisdom. Come on. Right. But I can be like, hey, you know what? Lord, I pray that my child can walk. And so I'm probably going to carry my child a little bit less. I'm probably going to hold my fingers out so my child can walk with my fingers. I'm probably going to buy one of those walkers. And that's going to be my prayer. Now, whether or not my child walks or not, I I honestly don't know. I, I really can't control that. I can help with that. So That's if good. you have, after observing your small group for a couple of weeks, you go, you know what? My small group doesn't show up consistently. So what I want to see by the end of the semester, I want them to be here consistent. So what can I do about that? I can communicate with them consistently outside of Switch so they can see that they're loved. I mean, I can consistently show up at their sporting events or their debate tournaments or their mm-hmm. plays or whatever activities that mean something to them that, that show that, hey, I will never give up on you. Or maybe for you, you go, a win for me is to consistently talk to parents. So I've got six people in my small group and I want to meet with their parents twice in a semester. So you need to determine what that is for you. I I suggest spending two to three weeks so you can actually figure out where your small group is at and then be like, hey, you know what? My small group uses bad language. Okay. I'm going to try to get them to a point where they don't say those words. And so Hey, what I'm going to do is we're going to read the Bible together. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to ask them questions while they speak like that. They might be like, this is how my grandma talks. So I don't, I don't <laughs> know any different. Right. Yeah. And so the idea is when you make a personal checklist of things you're not only praying for, but now here at three, hey, we want to read the entire New Testament together in our small, after three mm. weeks. Okay. Well, that means we need to do Bible plan. And a chapter a day or three chapters a day, I, I don't know, but you need to determine what that is for your small group. And then along the way, celebrate the things. Hey guys, we just finished reading Matthew. 
You know what? Come I'm on. bringing cookies next week. Hey yep. guys, you guys have been here consistently for four weeks in a row. I told you if you did that, I'd bring you, I'd personally bring you Chick-fil-A. Here's seven Chick-fil-A sandwiches. Or like, Come hey on. guys, I told you I'd take you all out for pizza if you did this. Or maybe the, again, maybe it's connecting with their parents and you're like, hey guys, all the parents come over to my house because I just want you to give you a moment, whatever it may be. Yeah. You want to create what it looks like for you based on spend two or three weeks with your small group because some things want to change over the summer. Sure. They could come back and be more on fire for Jesus than ever before. And you're like, well, my original plan was to read through the gospels. They just did that like on their own. So let's, yeah. let's ramp this up a little bit. Or they could come back yeah. and had a really rough summer. And they're like, man, I don't even know if I believe anymore. And you're like, okay, let's just consistently show up. Yep. Let, let me let me be a consistent presence of who who God is in your life. And so kind of a complicated question, but in truth, if we're just honest about where our group is actually at and don't compare ourselves to other groups. Yeah, that's good. And then make a plan some a semester at a time. Don't look six years out. And mm -hmm. what it would take just to be like, what's just beyond six months? Like, what can only God do and work for yeah. you? You want to add God to the equation. You don't want to be like, come on. well, can I get them to come one time this semester? Well, they're here, so that counts. So that's what I would do. That's my encouragement. Pay attention to what's going on in your group. Make a plan yep. of attack. Pray for it and be consistently, not only on a Wednesday, but consistently in your own life. Yeah, that is so good, Vince. I feel like you just made that really practical. And what I love is that it just so happens that something that you mentioned was how important it is to know where our groups are and to learn the stories of our students. And that is exactly what our August content is going to be about. So this is going to be an awesome series for leaders to lean in and get to know their groups on that deeper level and hear their stories because we're doing this series called How to Share the Gospel. And what we know is that Jesus has been working and is working in each of our lives and in each of our stories in a different way. And so what we're going to do for this series is we are going to, in the same way that we did with the How to Read the Bible series back in June, we are going to follow the four steps of empowerment to just help our students learn how to share their story. And so in the, in the week one message, we're going to give students a chance to learn some fundamental truths about what the gospel is why it's really good news and how we're called to share it with others. And then with that foundation in place in week two, we're going to focus on more of the practical side of sharing the gospel by looking at examples of someone sharing the good news of Jesus with others that we can find actually in scripture. And then in week three, we're going to have a small group night where students will a get to hear our stories as small group leaders. And then students will get to work together in their small groups to start writing out their own personal testimonies. And then in the last week of the series, which I am so incredibly excited about, students will get to share their own stories of how Jesus is changing their life with each other in those small groups. So this series is going to be hands-on, it's going to be small group focused, and it's really going to be like practice-based. So 
we will actually have the opportunity to do exactly what you just encourage us to do and get to know our students' stories on a really real, tangible level. So I'm really pumped about it. If you were a small group leader leading through this series, what would you focus on? How would you kind of lean in and work to be prepared yourself to step into like really intentionally hearing and listening to your students' stories and then learning how to share your own story wisely? Because that's something else that you talked about was exercising wisdom when it comes to leading our students. And I know that there are some things that maybe parts of our stories that a sixth grader isn't ready to hear yet, or that it wouldn't be most honoring to their parents to share this particular detail. So when it comes to exercising wisdom in how we share our own stories with our groups, what would you say? Yeah, I, I think there's a difference when you're sharing your personal story between giving God glory and giving the sin glory. Mm. And I think sometimes, and I'm guilty of this, we almost like to brag on how sinful we used to be, but not oh, in a wow. way that says, oh, this is what God redeemed me from, but in a way that's like, oh, yeah, if you, if you didn't know, like I was the biggest drug lord in the Southeast, like let me tell you about the let me tell you about the systems. And it's kind of like, what? First is going, hey, you know, when I was younger, I used to find myself in situations that did hurtful things to people. And man, I probably should have been in jail or worse mm-hmm. shit, maybe not even here walking in service. But I need to know God set me free. And I don't know what's going on in your life, but God can set you free good. from that. Now, here's, here's where the details come in at, right? If I'm talking to yeah. a student and age matters and someone says, hey, I just went too far in a relationship with someone I'm dating, yeah, right? Or I went to a party. I think there's a clear difference between going, hey, I've been there and going, oh yeah, back in 83, I was at the University of Oklahoma State and I believe her name was Susie and, <laughs> right? I think there's, yeah. right? Because we almost go on this like reminiscing trip versus going, yeah, mm. I've been there. Like, I, like I, I, I can relate to your story, you know? And so I think it's important that we do that. It's not about leaving out details. It's about making sure that the glory of God, because sometimes the story can be so amazing and so that God's brought from that we want to share that. But then kids are captivated by the story in a way that's mm. not necessarily helpful. But that says like, oh, if you made it, I can make it. And it's like, no, God got me through this. Yeah. So that's how I would share my story. The details are a little bit, you know, make sure God gets the glory and keep the details to a minimum. We're not writing novels here. That's how I personally like to do it. And then when it comes Good. to the stories of for our students, there's a few things that I would do up front. If we have 30 minutes and I have 10 kids, I'm telling them they've got three minutes to share their story here, or I'm going to maybe break my group in half. I don't mean across the room, but I'm like, sure. okay, you get six, you get six minutes and you necessarily don't get to hear everyone's story. So the first thing to do is I'm going to do a time evaluation. Yep. Because what I don't want to do is give a kid an out who wants an out. Mm. And I'm also not going to let someone tell a 30 minute story. And then I look up. So like, I'm going to be like, Hey, here's a timer. It's in the middle wherever you're at is kind of where you're at. 
Right. Um, and I'm going to try to like also not let them glorify this sin. I'm not going to try to punish sure. them for saying stuff, but I'm also not, don't, don't want them. But if I don't do it, I don't think they will do it as much. And then probably on top of that, why I want to progress and move forward, I think sometimes we don't understand that we can rest in a place in the message may be about something, but if I don't know my kid's story and I only got through three stories a week before and I have six kids, yep. I think it's okay to go to the other three stories the next week. Yep. That's good. Like, I don't, I don't think it's ever a thing like, let's say Pastor Craig did a message on finances and I, I'm not great at, in my personal finances and I'm, in a, I'm an adult small group, right? And all of a sudden it's like, they're talking about it. And maybe I got an emergency. I had to leave for work, right? Maybe you're a doctor and you get that call. It's like a baby's coming and you got to head out or the babysitter calls you like, you got to go home. And so let's say the next week, the messages change, you know, pastor, now we're in at the movie series and, you know, pastor Craig just did an amazing message and but you're still hurting, right? Well, we yep. wouldn't move on from that when it's like, like you would probably be like, Hey guys. Man, I, I had to leave last week, but could I? So I don't necessarily know you have to go like a year back. Sure. But I th I think it's okay to know, A, let's pay attention to the time when it comes to sharing stories, but B, know that this is an ongoing process. The the steps yep. and the things that you guys have worked, Caitlin, to put together aren't simply something that happens one time and then we never come back to. Right. But these principles and things are ongoing teachings are ongoing things that allow people to progress. And mm -hmm. also a healthy spot is, is no, what happens on Wednesday should continue outside of that. It doesn't mean you have to gather everyone together. There are group chat phone calls. There are places you, where you can have these conversations or even you can call a student, you know, keep that two person rule, but you can call a student and listen to their story. Yeah. Right. And so I think, I think that's the important part is I just wouldn't skip over anything or rush anything in the name of time, especially if I haven't, if I didn't set the boundaries at the very beginning, because right. I know I get it. Some of you have the perfect size, small group, and some of you may have two or three more than expected. And so just pay attention to the time, pay attention to how people are sharing but don't rush past this in terms of like, hey, I, you know, yeah. well, we have to do didn't share. No, you're going to share next week. So don't worry, guys. Yep. Like, and I would tell them that night. I'd be like, here's the deal. You're going to get a chance to share next week. And it might scare some of them off. But I think what it really does is it says, we really want to hear your story. Yes. Like we really, we really care about you. And that's how I would approach the story thing of like, hey, here's a time constraint. I'm not trying to rush you, but we got to honor that. And guys, I just need you to know, if we don't finish this week, we're going to finish next week. Because yep. some of the stuff that you, you guys are talking about, like I think it's week three to four, kids can take home as homework. I wouldn't call it homework. I'd just be like, hey, sure. here's a chance for you to go work on some of this stuff. Yep. Right? And then the last thing I do is I wouldn't, sounds weird. I don't know if I would force anyone to tell a story that I don't know and don't have this really over the top relationship with them. And I, even then I wouldn't force them because some stories we think we know and we have not cracked mm. the surface on the emotional hurt 
the trauma mm. and never dismiss a child's story. Never be like, that's no big right. deal. I used to climb up both ways in the hill, in the snow, to walk to school. Like I, I, you don't want to dismiss someone's right. story because it's it's their story and it's their yep. hurt and it's it's their pain, it's their joy, it's their sorrow. Right. It's not it's not yours. You just get to be there to help steward the moments. So that's, that's just kind of how I would handle that. That's so good, Vince. Thank you for talking us through that. I think what I'm what I'm hearing you say is that a win as a switch leader that we can really clearly push towards, especially in this first month, is getting a baseline for where our students are by leaning in and showing them that we value their unique story. So that is that is what we would encourage you to do in this month. And then once you have that baseline, once you kind of have a sense of where your students are at, then you can formulate some tangible goals for your switch group this semester and work back, like Vince was saying, with some of those small steps that help you get to that faith-filled but wise goal that you set for your group. So Vince, thank you so much for taking time to just clarify those things for us, give us some really great practical ideas, and just share your wisdom. We are really thankful for you, and we are really thankful for you switch leaders and what you do to invest in and care about the students in our ministry. We literally could not do this without you. So thank you so much, and thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader that we're going to be tomorrow.